What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name's Ethan. My name's Barry. And today we are answering questions from a new convert, a new Christian. This is my brother. We are honored to have my older brother here in the studio with us. He's joining. He's coming out to Hawaii to visit. So he actually just became a Christian a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. No. Two months? Probably about four or five. Right. Nice. I'm a good brother. I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, John. This is my brother, John Michael, and yeah, so he's been a Christian for a few months, and he got some questions, and because we like to answer the gray areas of the Christian faith and talk about hard topics and questions, we just thought we'd have him on and see what can come of it. Yeah, he's a super funny guy, and we've gotten to know him a little bit, or I've gotten to know him a little bit, you've <laughs> already known him for a while, um, but we thought it'd be exciting to just pick his brain about the questions that he has, because um, he has a lot of good questions that we've already talked about. Yep. It'd be fun. Yep. He hails from Detroit, Michigan. Does so, anyone ever call you John Michael, actually? No, I just go by John. It's by too John. many names to have to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> just the family. But even, not all of us even do. It's too many John. names. Change it to Michael. <laughs> hey, Michael. Um, but yeah, so he comes from Detroit, Michigan. He sells insurance. He, what else do you want to say about yourself? He loves hiking. Yeah. I don't really do my average life of an insurance agent. Pretty boring. He's single, ladies, in Detroit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're just going to get into it, talk about some hard questions and stuff. So do you want to just shoot, we just go for it, we can just have some fun. Uh, okay, I guess we'll start with a kind of a fun one then. Um, <laughs> when God was creating us, do you think he realized that he was going to be making the women so attractive that it would cause angels... To turn their back on the Lord, leave heaven, just so they could be with these new earth women. And if these angels have these so much trouble, <laughs> that puts us in a bad spot too as men. Yeah. Wait, why does it put us in a bad spot? I well, if the angels that. are leaving heaven for these women, we have an uphill battle here to He's saying, keep like, ourselves how, how are in we line. Supposed to? How it's are we supposed to It's easier for us. We're not going to leave heaven. <laughs> We're already here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so basically, how could... Uh, if a do you think God knew? There's two questions there, right? If if do you think God knew humans were gonna or angels were gonna fall into sexual immorality with human women when He made them, and then how are we supposed to be sexually moral if angels couldn't? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to answer one of these, or do you want me to go for it? Um, you start because I I'm answering a work text right now. All right, well, this is your work, so and I didn't text you. This so is my this, second. Here, job. I'll turn it off for you. No, it's good. This is my second job. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think the one thing is, yes, God knew, because he's God, he foreknew everything that would happen, and that gets into some theological conversations about why and stuff, and we can get there if you want, but it's basically this argument called the best possible world, which is like, in God's sovereign mind, he saw every conceivable world that could be created, and went with the best one. So the one we're in can be the best possible universe. One theological answer, because it's like, how is God good or powerful if he... When he was going to create, he knew this would happen. Also dabbles in free will and the necessity for free will. But short answer, yes, I believe God knew angels were going to sin. How are you supposed to stay sexually moral if angels couldn't? Like, um, I would say God sent his spirit into you. God didn't put his spirit into angels. And because you have the spirit of God in you, and the Bible says that every temptation that you face is not common to man, um, God, and the Bible says that God provides, or, yeah, the Bible says God provides an, an escape from temptation when we encounter it. So God has put his spirit inside of you 
to rise above the temptations of the world. Hmm. Interesting. I would, I mean, I would question the premise of the question first, because I don't, where does it say the angels left heaven for the women? It's like, like Genesis 6. It's Gen- I think it's Genesis 4, actually, um, when it talks about the Nephilim, and then it says the Son of God, and they slept with the women, right? But I don't, does it say that they left heaven for the women, or did it say that they were, the Nephilim were just on the earth, and then they happened to sleep with the women? I thought the Nephilim were products of the angels sleeping with the human women. Right. There's a lot of different theories about that. Um, I've heard a few different scholars say that they don't think the Nephilim ever existed and that they were just... That's boring. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that they were just the sons of man. And I think that sons of man um, were just, like, key for, like, spiritual people or God's people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a prominent view. I think most people think they just can't know a lot about the, like, actual Nephilim. And they yeah, were... obviously. Uh, they might have been spiritual beings, but I don't know if there's a consensus necessary about what they what they were i've heard a lot of different theories right well genesis 6 4 says the nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of god came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them right so there's a debate about what the sons of god are but also it doesn't say that they left heaven to be with the women it just says that they i think i think the idea comes from how lucifer like some like all over the bible there's like different hints right where like Jesus says, I saw Lucifer fall like lightning. Mm-hmm. And that could be imagery, right? Or a third of heaven. Yeah, there's like third a third of the angels. Of, third of the angels. That's part of, I forget yeah. what part of scripture that's from too. But I know there's a lot of conversation out there yeah. around it. I don't, I'm not questioning that the devil probably, there's the imagery of falling from heaven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't see where the connection is of falling from heaven to sleep with the women. Rather, I think it was fell from heaven because of sin and then, was on the earth, happened to sleep with the women because they were there. Okay, so it's Does not sense. Yeah, they didn't like. They're, you're saying women weren't the motive for which they left heaven. Yeah, it was their sin that got them kicked out of heaven. Because mm. the question is kind of around like, women are really beautiful, and they're so beautiful they caused angels to fall from heaven, right? Mm-hmm. I think angels didn't fall from heaven for the women, but yeah, women are really beautiful, and that's from the Lord. And there's a whole book of the Bible just about how beautiful they are. Right. Yeah, that's fair. What do you do? You have any responses? Trying to decide if I'm going with a serious one or a joke <laughs> one. I think those are good answers, though. Sweet. Gracias. Ask the premise of the question is good. I guess the next one, we can stay on a similar topic to that. Um, <clears throat> in the Bible, it describes as sin entering the heart of Lucifer. So, mm. if heaven is supposed to exist as a sin-free zone, mm-hmm. in essence... How does sin worm its way in to get to what would have been God's number two, from how I understand it? Yeah. And then he, being the one who gathers the praise for the Lord every day, somehow becomes jealous mm-hmm. of the creator that he interfaces with daily, or mm-hmm. whatever days are in the other realm. But I don't... Him becoming jealous of his creator, thinking he can overcome him, just seems kind of insane to me as a person and if sin is able to enter the heart of a higher being like that is sin itself its own entity did god Mm. have to create sin for there to be him or for them to be free will yeah or does does sin and god always existed are they one and the same are they two opposing necessary forces right you want to take that one yeah um i can answer too yeah, I think it's super interesting. I listen to a lot of different people who don't believe the Bible is literal, but they think it's mostly just myth. Um, and I don't believe what they believe, but I think it's fascinating to listen to their um, 
their sort of application of the stories of the Bible. Because I think that is useful still, because they're just taking the narrative out of it and like finding what the key for humanity is. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's good exegesis. I think that um, it is very interesting. And most of those people think, or a lot of the ones that I've listened to, think that like the devil is just the personification of evil, like the example of evil. And I think that's kind of seeped into a lot of what we think. That's not what my theology necessarily is. I think that um, evil is external to any... Um, being and just a product of free will and so I think the devil was given free will angels are given free will just as humans are given free will and because of free will it then creates the possibility for evil and that wouldn't create the possibility for like Satan and Satan isn't like what evil is mm-hmm. or the devil or the accuser or whatever you want to call him isn't what evil is the devil or Satan is just a being that shows evil in my opinion yeah it's so a- I don't think that like all evil is just the devil. It's always the devil if it's evil. I think it's just a, a product of free will. Whenever humans do evil, that's not talking about like natural evil or um, evil that happens to animals or something like that. I think uh, that kind of evil, when it talks about humans or like created beings, is just a product of free will. If you have free will, you have the possibility for us to mess up that free will and then bring imperfection into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be my answer. Yeah. So you're asking... How did sin enter the universe if God created everything perfect and without sin? Yeah, because prior to Earth being here, for what little understanding we have of that, is that right. it was just God in His presence. And yeah. So if it's yeah. just God in His presence, where does sin play into this picture? Yeah. Why create said sin if you yeah, exist think... away from sin? If it's only your presence, then how is mm. there sin, period, to enter into your realm, which is supposed to be pure because you have to be a certain level of purity to be there. Yeah, for sure. Or at least how we have it now where we've had that debt paid for us. Mm. Right, you can't be, you have to be uncorrupted to rightfully stand in the presence of God, right? So it's interesting because the Bible says that pride crept into the heart of Satan. And so that's the thing, right? So it's like, well, what is the main source of all sin? It's pride. What is pride? Pride is wanting to like take glory to yourself you know so that the bible does talk about how like yeah satan was like worshiping god he was a created being by god had certain authorities and then he started looking at god he's like hmm i can be that i can get that glory but that makes no sense right so the thing is is like with true freedom you have to have true free will right if you don't truly have free will you don't aren't truly free so I think the po- God-giving created beings free will has some necessary risk, right? You can't have free will without having the risk of people choosing or beings choosing evil, right? So it's like mm-hmm. an option. It didn't. Ha- it's not necessary for reality, but it's a possible reality. And then the possible reality did become actual reality because the created beings went that route in their free will. Now, how does a logical computing mind understand how like the logical process of why would a created being think he can usurp the creator Mm -hmm. i don't understand that i don't know we could all speculate that i don't know if we can answer that though because the bible doesn't answer that but yeah we do see that it's pride that entered the heart and pride being like i want that glory for myself can i go yeah i think the bible answers it all the time actually um but to restate your question a little bit so maybe i can get to what you're asking a little better um is the more like fullness of the question like 
how could sin creep into Satan's heart if he's in the presence of God? Like yeah, because well, Satan is like a um, a personification of doing evil. Yeah, like the devil and Satan obviously aren't his name, so it's yeah, yeah, Lucifer and somehow sin got in to heaven. And mm-hmm. if he's number God's number two, this isn't even like the suburbs of heaven. This yeah. is like downtown heaven, right? Downtown, in the city throne. hall near the judge. Like so, right, the, right. whatever sin <laughs> is. It can bypass all that and get to what it wants. Yeah, I have, I have an answer for this. Um, second part that I wanted to clarify real fast um, was about... Okay, the first one was the realm. The second part was about uh, how could Satan possibly think that he would could be God yeah. or be better than God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. Um, I think that it might be hard to think about how could Satan be better than you. The only thing that we have as human beings to, like thing about that in is that we do the same thing all the time and so we only have our personal experience to kind of play it against but all the time we like have god's commandment or something and we think i'm gonna do it my way instead which isn't a great one one comparison but all we have is our experience and so we all the time think oh i could whether whether or not the the thought is actually like i could be god or i could be better than god like the classic human, like prideful, or why didn't they do it this way, mm-hmm. or something like that, right? It's over and over and over throughout the Bible. Of, I'm like the children of Israel; they're just gonna do it their own way. They are putting themselves like in the place of God, the same thing that Satan did, and that's the whole story of the Old Testament and through the New Testament too, right? And so I think it's just kind of a repeating cycle. Um, when it comes to um, Satan and him having sin creep into his heart, how could that happen? Like downtown heaven, right? I think that. There is this question. It's the same question of in like in heaven later on. You know what I mean? Like after all this happened, mm-hmm. I think it's the same question of how could sin creep in at the beginning if it was perfect and stuff like that, right? Because it uh, got there before we were even here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the situation you have is you have God, and God isn't just by himself in his perfection. He has created beings around him, so he's already started creating. Um, we just haven't been created yet, or we're not sure of the timeline, but. I think most people put it like that, like the angels are created and we were created later. But, um, so just in this scenario, it's just Satan, they're angels, they're in heaven and there's God, right? Um, I think that if you create a being with free will, that being with free will will have to fall eventually. And I don't know if how that like works with angels. I only know like how it works with human beings. And I think that if we want to say we live in the best possible world, because if we didn't, God wouldn't be good. If we want to say we live in the best possible world, then that means that all humanity falling has to be the best possible thing that could happen. And if free will exists, and everybody with free will, that is a human being, has fallen, that means that every human has to fall if they're given free will. But I think that's why there's the process of, um, of sanctification and becoming holy and righteous. I think that process has to happen so it's not that god wants people to fall but it's that if he's going to create free will it's going to be the case that at some point an adam and eve would like choose to sin and all humanity would fall and god would always have known that and always have seen that um it's a little trickier when you talk about angels and demons because we don't know a lot about them but it seems to be the case that some of them if not all of them had free will and they used their free will to do the same thing we did which is fall um, and I guess in the best possible world, half of them fell, like the Bible says, or one third. Yeah, I think it's um, a third. Fell. That's the only thing we can really say about it. I think like there's not like m- more. I, mean, I guess we could hypothesize more about it, but that just seems to be the case to me. If we live in the best possible world, the best thing we can say about it is that 
that's just how it has to be. If you give something free will, it's probably going to fall. And it has to go through this process of sanctification. Um, and then once that process of sanctification happens, which, to, to explain it a little better, like, I know I'm fallen. I have the knowledge of the world now, right? Which is what mm-hmm. um, what the, the fruit gave, right? It gave that wisdom. And so now I have, I have the knowledge of good and evil. And I have, like, the experiential knowledge of evil. And through this process of sanctification, I'm continually choosing that I don't want that anymore and that I want um, God's way, right? And so what most people that I listen to, and it makes sense to me too, um, say about heaven is that it's not that there isn't free will anymore in heaven, but it's that you've made a choice. Like you've gone through this process of sanctification and you've completely experienced sin. You choose to not want it anymore. And then you enter God's presence where now you have some sort of like conditional free will to where you've, with your free will, you've chosen to choose God, and now you don't, you do still have free will, kind of, but it's like you've made your choice to follow God now, with all of, the, like, the life that you had, you chose to be sanctified, you're fully sanctified and uh, and glorified now, then the process of sanctification, and now you want to follow God, so you're never going to choose to sin again. And so now the difference between you and Satan at the beginning is that Satan hadn't gone through that process and fallen, but you have, and you have made the choice after you sin and fell, and you accepted Christ, and you've gone through that sanctification process. So now sin won't enter heaven anymore like it did at the beginning. And something interesting mm-hmm. to, to point out as well is that the Bible never says that things were perfect at the beginning, were mm-hmm. created perfectly. Um, it says that they were good, and God like loved them very much, right? And then he thought they were very good humans. Um, but it doesn't say that he created them perfectly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That would be my answer. It's long. Yeah. No, I like the rounding of that. It does make sense. I, it's hard to compare, obviously, because I can understand people falling and the, what we have already gone through to get past that with yeah. God coming back. So it is hard to, for prior knowledge, I suppose. But that does lead me to my next question about the garden, which is, if God kicked Lucifer out of heaven, why did he trap us here with him then? Because if he didn't even want him in heaven around him, <laughs> and then God is like, I'm going to make these guys, and he's like, I'm going to stick that guy with them, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to lock them in there. Yeah. And yeah. then, why don't we let him rule it for a little bit? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a, The ruling and, comes... And the other thing is, the ruling part, you could say, is, well, God wants you to see how good it is with him, and not with on? Satan. But... This was from a long time. This is from our podcast about false prophets. Okay, yeah, yeah. But at least from... Uh, um, <clears throat> I've lost my train of thought. You are talking about... Um, like the reason God's might have made you're saying that Satan's the god of this world little g god and like maybe there's some purpose that we have to learn yeah but oh yeah and God had made us and we weren't here very long mm-hmm. before Lucifer tricked Eve mm. so yeah it seems like Fascinating in question. a way to look at it it was a setup from the beginning well what's interesting to show him yeah. to show humans how bad it is without him when we really didn't get that much of a time yeah. to see what it was like with just him. Well, yeah. there's a, we didn't the, even get through one generation based on how the Bible talks about yeah, it. Yeah, right. right. And we don't know how long Adam was well, there Well, we know living. they didn't have children. Right, So right. you can at least determine a generation of Yeah, them. sure, sure, sure. Um, I would wonder, I gotta look up, I, I just did a quick Google search, I'm gonna try to find the verse that talks about when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, and I'd wonder if he was sent here, specifically, to earth, or if he was just kicked out and then chose to come here by himself. That would why be... did he get access? Well, we got thrown would... out of the garden and were never let back. So mm. why right. did he get access from the get-go? Mm. Right, fair. Good question. And then, um, as far as the 
why does the devil have authority on this earth? I would say I can the reason he had authority on this earth is because Adam gave it to him when they sinned. There was like an exchange of authority there. And so Adam was actually the little G God of this earth in a sense, the steward of this earth. And then when he sinned, he gave that authority to Satan. And the Bible talks about how when Jesus came, he took the keys of death from Satan and got it back. And so now Jesus has now the authority on this earth again. So we, and then he tells us he has all authority and go therefore make disciples. So he's given us the authority. Mm -hmm. So we are actually now called to be like Jesus, who's the second Adam. And Adam's job was to steward this earth unto God's will, right? So Adam was told by God, hey, take care of the earth. Adam gave that mandate and that responsibility to Satan. Satan doesn't want to take care of the earth, so he didn't. Jesus comes, takes that authorities back, authority back, gives it to humanity, like to Christians, and says, "Hey, it's your job to steward the earth as you were commanded to in the beginning, and like spread the kingdom of God." But then, where does that bring in your thousand-year reign of Christ? Whether right. that happened or already happened, right? And then the after the thousand-year reign of Christ, where the devil is loose for a short season. Before yeah. the battle of Gog and Magog. Yeah. We, we can get there in a bit because I think Derry wants to talk about the the first question you just asked. But that gets into like, yeah, amillennial, postmillennial, premillennial type theology, which I am not well versed in and I don't have too much of a... I haven't studied it out enough to make a conclusive decision. That's where it gets fun. But yeah. Yeah, that's where it gets fun. Um, hmm. I think that... <coughs> it's all just hypothesis at this point um the two things that i would say is one we don't know a lot about how the spiritual realm works in comparison to the physical realm and adam and eve existed in the physical realm when they were kicked out of the garden and so we don't know what that means for the spiritual realm necessarily um the second thing i would say is that what does it change what does the story of the bible change if if satan isn't kicked out of heaven. You know what I mean? None of this happens. Why doesn't any of this happen? If Satan's not kicked out to rule the world, to lead us astray, Mm -hmm. and invert the Bible through their practices, through... I mean, if you have read, like, occultism, read any of Mm -hmm. their philosophies, Mm -hmm. their symbology, it is almost, well, pretty much every time something in the Bible inverted. Right. They take it and change the meaning. Like, you have in the Bible... God said he'd never flood the world again. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of disaster movies where the earth is flooded. Mm-hmm. There's all these small little blasphemies. So if the devil was never kicked out of heaven and God just made us this wonderful place to live mm-hmm. and there was no one to come in there to turn us away, mm-hmm. none of this stuff would have happened. We, think, we may not even ha- need the technology because mm-hmm. we would just be living within the proverbial garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think like we previously established that Satan isn't evil. He is sort of personified as that a little bit in some of the narrative of scripture. But I think, like we said earlier, that to have free will as human beings, sin becomes like a byproduct of that almost 100% of the time that Mm -hmm. we know of um, when given free will as human beings, right? And so whether or not Satan was there to tempt Eve in the garden, I think no matter what, eventually Eve or Adam would have eaten of the fruit and all of humanity still would have fallen. We didn't need satan to like tempt us into that falling i think the free will that we had would have tempted us eventually it's just i don't my know hypothesis. if i agree with that though because the only reason eve ate the fruit in the bible is because the devil called her there mm-hmm. otherwise or lucifer called her there otherwise yeah. the lord was walking with them mm-hmm. daily and they were essentially spending time together and hanging right. out or whatever so without that 
influence and them being young and not even understanding why they shouldn't eat it. They were just like, okay, God said I'm not going to eat it, I'm not going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Until the devil elaborated on why he told them he sh- they shouldn't eat it because yeah. God was hiding things from them. They weren't. They didn't seem to be interested in it at all. Yeah. Well, they might not have been young either. They might have just. They were. I kind mean, of, they young were innocent. as in innocent first generation of yeah. their right. of their species. Yeah. Whatever. I just want to clarify. You said Satan's not evil, and I think what. I so he's not the Satan's not of right. You Satan's said, not yeah, a good term. Just for listeners, in case they're confused, Satan's evil, but he's not the totality of evil. Like evil doesn't come from him. He just is it. Yeah, I was ever saying that okay. I explained that earlier. Yeah, I just want to make sure in case someone like was like walking by, like, what the heck? Mm. What are they saying? Um, he's an instrument of whatever well, the just, sin he, entity is. Yeah, he's given to pride just like humanity. Right? And I would wonder if like the idea is like everything that's created that's given free will when we're given the opportunity to create our own destiny and reality. And it's not reality, but create our own destiny, create our own, you know, way of life. I'd wonder if the message is like, no matter what created being and how close to God you are, the beings who aren't God always choose themselves. And we have to go through some type of process to realize like, oh, God is the one who is solely perfect and everything that's created outside of him will fail and be selfish because they aren't God. You know? I suppose, but I just don't see how we get to where we are as a society with so many people seeming to not believe and the vast creation that God has made is at least half of them don't seem to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a, with the way the devil is being introduced into the equation, or Lucifer is mm-hmm. evil, whatever you want to call it, is being introduced to the equation, it throws a bit of a rolling the dice on how many of those people are coming back to you. Yeah, um, think about it this way, real fast, as like a kind of a line illustration. You have Satan that tempts Eve to sin, right? And then that causes humanity to fall. And then what what tempts Satan to sin at the beginning? That's one of my base questions. Right. So that was what we already talked about, which is that the free will given to Satan was what caused him to sin. And then I talked about how because we have free will, it almost always causes the beings given that free will to choose sin, which is why we need the process of sanctification in Christ. Right? And so ultimately, the thing that gives way to evil being a possibility is the option of having free will and being able to choose it. And so I think that human beings, given the same free will that the devil is given, would eventually be tempted just like the devil was without any external like temptation of like a being tempting them, but just having free will and seeing pride and wanting to be like God, they would also have sinned just like the devil would have sinned. That's not the story we have. The story we have is of Satan tempting them. But I think that if we want to say that 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 is the actual like way to sin has to be through free will, then you can invert this or you can infer the same answer for human beings that you do for the devil at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But all you can really do is hypothesize about it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my Mm -hmm. answer. Well, another, another angle I have at it is say they did have the free will then Mm -hmm. until Lucifer sinned, Mm -hmm. there was no punishment for choosing the wrong free will from what we understand. And now that there is a punishment within the free will for choosing wrong, it's not so much free will as, as it is an ultimate. Can you say that again? I don't think I understand. So like in within like Revelations and the, and the <clears throat> beginning of the Bible, they talk about God's going to create the lake of fire, cast mm. Satan in the lake of fire. Do you does anyone have any knowledge or research or anything on if this lake of fire was prior knowledge? 
during them having free will where they like like if i mm. don't follow the lord that's where i'm going mm. or right. were they just there worshiping the lord everything was cool right sin, sin entered and then god's like all right well now if you sin you're going here yeah which turns into an ultimatum and mm. not so much free will not that i'm advocating for what yeah. sin is because it's not it's obviously a lot of it that is right. violent all that stuff you mm. i'm not going to defend that but i'm mm. saying it's more an ultimatum than it is free will. Because free will would be you could do what you want. There's no repercussions. Yeah. Well, there can be repercussions. You still have free will. Like, you know, you in the real world, you can you have the free will to murder someone. There's just repercussions. Like, you can do what you want. There's just consequences. And that's even in nature, right? Like, you can touch the fire, but you will get burned, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think having a punishment means it's ultimatum and consequences well, free will. Well, do but they know? Mine is, right. they know when you're it? talking about, like, hell, you're talking about an eternal punishment for what you do here. Maybe. I'm not talking about well, we're not shameless cause, plug. cause and <laughs> we're effect. Not cause and effect are different yeah. than yeah. what are you dealing with after all your choices. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, like, did Adam and Eve know that there would be like a punishment for this? Yeah, thing? I know if I'm going to touch the fire, it's going to be hot. They definitely did know that there was going to be a punishment because God said, God don't eat death. this. In the day you eat this, you'll die. Yeah, no, so, one knew, no one knew that the lake of fire existed for most of like that history, right? That wasn't until uh, Daniel... When did the lake of fire Maybe. come um, yeah. come into a thing? Do you think? I think it was it was Daniel. Um, I can't remember though. Um, so for most of like that history, they didn't know there was a lake of fire. They just knew that um, sin leads to death, and following God leads to life, right? And there's imagery all throughout the Old Testament through um, both the blood um, and sacrifices. There's imagery over and over and over of things bringing life and things bringing death, and you choose. Uh, you choose not following God, you choose pride, you always get death. And the focus is, for most of the Old Testament, not on some kind of eternal punishment or afterlife punishment. It's mm-hmm. almost always on an earthly death. And so it's talking about, like, this place you'll go where you'll be in the grave, right? Which is what Sheol is, which is mostly referenced in the Old Testament. Um, and so in the beginning, when he's talking about Adam and Eve, he says, if you eat of this tree, you'll live, the tree of life. If you, if you eat of this tree, um, you'll die. Right? And that's all there is to it. And then, I, who knows if Satan knew there was going to be like a fire. He's not all-knowing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so who knows? Like, we don't know until we have in the scriptures that there's like yeah. a fire that was created for the devil and his, angel, and his uh, demons. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because now it, there's... It, it all depends on like kind of how you read it. Because if you take the creation story as a very literal account, then you can say like all this stuff and... They didn't know what death was because they never saw it, right? They were just created by God, and God was perfect, and they were perfect, and they hung out all the time. And he said, hey, do this, don't do that. And they're like, okay, we won't do that for a time. And they probably didn't know. Like, it's like, someone could say, like, hey, don't touch the fire, you'll get burned. And if if you don't have a concept for what being burned is, you won't know what that is. All you know is, like, oh, I trust this person. He said this is bad. I don't want that. I have everything I need right here. I'm not lacking. I don't want to do that, right? And so they knew that there was a punishment. Did they know what that punishment looked like specifically? No, because when they were kicked out of the garden, that's what they... They didn't die immediately, right? That was just when eternal life was taken away from them and the process of dying started. Hmm. And they eventually did die. So it's not like God didn't punish them. It's just like, hey, like, I'm removing my presence. You don't get eternal life now. And it's actually God's mercy that he kicked us out of the garden because God says... Let's kick them out of the garden unless they eat the from the tree of life and live forever in their sinful state. So it's like we fell. If we ate from that tree of life, we would then be never dying and always sinful. And so, yeah, when God says, don't eat this in the day you eat it, you'll die. That's the punishment they probably knew about. They probably didn't know 
exactly what it looked like that there be and even but even the lake of fire says it's prepared for satan and his angels and it also and then it says and all those who weren't found in the lake and the book of life were thrown in the lake of fire is that where they are mm-hmm. yeah but they were created the lake of fire was created for per, first the satan and his angels mm-hmm. and then humanity afterwards who yeah. didn't believe which is kind of like a gun to your head do you think so it feels like it sometimes well, like, wait that's a different question can you yeah. like uh, like is the whole question? the whole hell thing like mm-hmm. It's, it's, I made you because I love you, mm-hmm. but if you don't choose me, you're going to suffer forever. Mm. Yeah. That is just, you would never have a human relationship like that. Right. Yeah. Pop off. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because that paints God, and I would, if that was the nature of God, I don't understand why people say this, but it paints God in this picture of, you better do as I say. Or, yeah, it doesn't, there's, it's a fear-based relationship. It's not a love-based relationship. That's what everyone, right. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. But that's what people say. But that's what every church everywhere will tell you. Okay. Every Catholic church, Protestant, Cal- all of them. Mm-hmm. Calvinists tell you that some of y'all mm-hmm. are born to go to hell. It yeah. just sucks. Yeah. yeah. So, it feels like an ultimatum. It feels like you're born in the crossfire of a spiritual warfare between right. the devil and the Lord. And... You wake up one day and have to choose one side. Mm-hmm. And right now, the devil's influence is much stronger, it seems, through media, Hollywood, movies, the culture, the music, everything. At least in America. At least in America. At least in first world Western societies. Mm-hmm. And if you don't choose the right one, then you just suffer forever. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like... And at this point... There's way more people going to suffer forever than are going to heaven. Oh, way more. Yeah. So yeah. the Lord took those odds. Yeah, it's, it's not at least things could change. We don't know. There could be some right, big right. turnaround. We don't know yet. Right. And well, there's. If you stopped it today. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm trying. To, I'm being slow because I'm trying to think of an example that would make sense of this. But God has a nature, right? And His commands are not malicious external from His nature. His commands come from his nature and what he can't deny, right? So God being holy by nature cannot exist in unholiness. So it's not this malicious, do what I say or else. It's you actually can't exist around me because you're so not like me. It's like the body doesn't tell cancer, you better leave or like you better heal yourself or I'm going to kick out of you. The body just naturally wants to heal and the healing of the body means the cancer has to leave. It's not about malicious intent. It's kind of like, I think of God's nature and character like this river that's going this stream, right? If you decide to stand in that river and walk upstream, you're going to feel the force of that river coming against you. But it's not out of malicious intent. It's not out of anger. It's not about, you have to follow me or else. It's about, this is the way the river's going. And if you're not going to go the way the river goes, then you naturally are going to feel the quote-unquote wrath of the river, which mm-hmm. is it pushing against you, right? And t- if you put a rock in that river that's really big eventually that rock is going to become eroded and the, it's, the river is going to conquer it because it's in the way of the river and the river is a stable thing that can't that isn't going to move for anything so if the river is going this way and you try to put a rock of rebellion there eventually the river could proverbially say you have to either ro- go with me this direction because that's where i'm headed or i'm going to come up against you and eventually get rid of you and that's kind of how I think of him. Like, God's not this malicious creature who's like, 
you have to do this or else. God's like, hey, this is who I am. I created you to exist like this. Now, if you don't want to exist the way I created you, this is just a natural consequence. And it's not out of anger or maliciousness. It's just a fact of the universe of how I am. And the thing is that you got to realize is it's not follow me or else. God is like, I created you to follow me. You find your ultimate fulfillment when you follow my commands. Because God is God of love, right? Everything God commands us to, to do leads us to a better, more enjoyable and fulfilling life. And when people are pushing up against that, God's anger is not like, why, I'm so mad you're not following me. That's like, that sounds like out of insecurity. It's like a father being like, oh my gosh, like I know what you need and you're not taking it. Like, please take, this is better for you. But it's also like, I also have this nature that I can't deny. And if you're going to butt up against this nature, it's going to be you versus the nature and you're not going to win. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do like it. But that is like, it's more you're thrown in the river. You didn't choose to go swimming that day. In a sense, but, and you could say that, but at the end of the day, like, you have to deal with it no matter what. So you can ask, like, why did I have to deal with it? But you also could look on the positive side and say, well, God put you here in this earth for a specific reason. And it's not that, oh, you're throwing this crossfire. It's that God created you and he wants to use you as a soldier against his, in his kingdom against the enemy of darkness. And so he's like, hey, I... I created you. I'm recruiting you. I have a purpose for you. You're not just like caught in the crossfire. I want you on my side. And the Bible talks about how everyone who is not a Christian is a slave to sin. They're a prisoner in the kingdom of darkness. And God's on a mission to rescue those prisoners. So it's more or less like, yeah, you were created. You were taken captive by sin. And God broke in the prison doors and rescued you out. And now he's trying to train you to be a soldier to go rescue your other prisoners. In a sense, I think you're right uh, in the way of, like, I didn't ask to be created and put in this, like, hypothetical, I have to choose, like, death or life kind of situation, right? Um, and for some people, you can feel like, well, that's unfair. I didn't want to be, like, put in this situation because I don't know which one to choose and I don't know which one's true or all these kind of things. Um, but Frank Turk has this classic example that's kind of cheesy but uh, still useful, I think. Um, and he says, like, if you're drowning and someone, like, like comes by on a boat um, and offers you a life raft, you're probably not going to complain about drowning. You probably just take the life raft. Like, you don't like the situation you're in. You didn't ask to be put in the situation you're in, but you're in it, and someone's offering you like a way out, right? And so I, we can hypothesize all day about like why we're here and what the purpose is and stuff like that. And you know, we'll tell you it's because God has a plan for you, and the the goods of this life and of life to come are so much better than the bads that are created by also having it that it's worth creating even if the situation like sucks now um we could talk about other like purposes you could have but i think just because we're in this like terrible situation um and it can seem unfair to be put in it i think there there can be reasons for it even if we don't like that we're in it in the first place Mm -hmm. i think that's a good question to ask yeah i think both of those are good answers for that yeah Mm -hmm. Um, nice Thanks. We have good answers. <laughs> Podcast. Let's see. We're back. We're back. We're, only, we're only saying that whenever we do our individual episodes now. Yeah, because that's true. Otherwise, we just do, my name's Derek, my name's Ethan. That's true. The very first episode we ever put out, Derry said, we're back. <laughs> I've always thought, like, one day we're going to put that in a mug or a t-shirt and sell it. Yeah. And it'd be like the most famous podcast quote we have. We're back. All right, John, you got another question? Cool, back. I guess I got one more. A little less. But it's kind of 
me. What? It's probably a, like a question people have asked a lot, but it's um, <clears throat> does God only like say if you're in a a possibly morbid situation, like you're gonna die? I guess. Okay. Does God only save people that He has a plan for? <clears throat> for example, casualties of war. People that are born sick. Like, you mean miraculously saved? Yeah. Like, you die in a car accident. You're just your everyday people are dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many of the people who are saved, and they have these, like, wonderful testimonies. Oh. And they talk about how... Are you talking about saved, like, uh, spiritually? Or, like, saved from the physical death? Like, like, like God physically saved people from death that he only has a plan for? yeah. Is it a random numbers game? Yeah. Who, why? Real world scenario. Or is it just a roll to die every time? Yeah. So, like, a real world scenario would be, like... Why did God let this person go to work on 9-11, but this person ran into traffic or woke up later, missed their alarm, and was saved from 9-11, mm. right? And both worked in the, in the building that it got destroyed. This person died. This person just, quote-unquote, happened to miss their alarm. Mm. And maybe they chalked that up to say, God saved me by not doing that. So then the other person's like, well, God, why did God not wake up my aunt's little... 3,000 other people. Yeah, mm. yeah. You want to take that one? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that you can say about it. Uh, in my opinion, there's a few different answers. I think some people in this like 9-11 situation, maybe someone woke up late and they didn't make it to the towers and the towers like got hit and they lived because they woke up late. I think that that waking up late could not be a miracle. They could have just been lazy and they didn't mm-hmm. set an alarm. And that's awesome. Yeah, like in the random numbers game. Right, in the random, yeah. Totally a thing that I think happens, right? That... We are all given free will. With some of our free will, people don't get a lot of sleep. And then they drive the next day, and they hit someone, and they kill them. You know what I mean? Because they were sleeping at the wheel or something like that. And that isn't necessarily, like, a plan from the enemy or anything. Um, but it was just someone misusing their free will, and then they killed somebody because of it. Right? Now, that being said, I think that the Bible is very clear that nothing ever supersedes God's will. Right? And so the Bible says over and over and over that the Lord's will will always be accomplished, right? So you have to infer from that that um, that use of free will by human beings doesn't counteract God's will, right? That God can still use that situation in some way for his will and that he always knew that it would happen, right? And so I would say it would be a fair hypothesis to say there are some people that God, like, is going to use for a certain reason, so he saves them, like, from falling off a cliff or from cancer and heals them or something, right? And has mercy on them. Um, and there's some people that he doesn't do that to. Um, and I think the question that's raises from this is, is it fair, right? Because that, I don't, what other question would there kind of be? Like, is it How fair for God to save? How do you raise your stock with God so that he'll save you? <laughs> oh, got you. I got, I got, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> you can do that. Does Does I do enough good work? You just God? gotta make, make God perfect. need you. <laughs> you gotta God. keep me here, God. You need me here. God. I'm very useful, Lord. <laughs> you better not let me die here. <laughs> but and, but then again, you have Paul's words where he's like, "Man, I wish I was dead. Like, I wish I could go because it'd be way better to be in heaven than to like be here." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That too. We can't know what that's like, but um, I have a lot of peace knowing that simply that God's will always be accomplished, and He knows infinitely more than I could. And so if he decides to take somebody here or decides to give someone new life again through like healing from cancer or something that that person was supposed to go that way. And that person wasn't supposed to go that way. Um, cause God didn't heal one person. He chose to heal another person. And he, he, I think he chooses to not heal way more people than he chooses to heal. I think that's statistically pretty obvious. Um, 
It just happens to be the case. And I don't know if I can't explain it necessarily, mm -hmm. but I mean, God must have wanted that person to be alive for some kind of reason to bring glory to himself at least. Mm -hmm. um, if not like more reasons that are unapparent to us, like immediately. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's so many things there about, it's such a touchy subject and my answer is a little bit more Calvinistic in the sense. And I had literally the most Calvinistic answer. Well, wait. Uh, I said nothing. No human free will I know. can ever contract the. I didn't say it was more. Yeah, you did. No, you I said, said it was more Calvinistic. Not, okay, not than yours. More Calvinistic in nature of like, in the spectrum of free Arminianism to Calvinism. I'm more closer to the Calvinist side. I'm not not more than you. Yeah, that's what you inferred. It's okay. And if, if it is more Calvinistic than yours, it's God's will. So deal yeah, with that's it. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm a Molinist. Um, so yeah, Derry's answer is like, Hey, like God's will is always going to be done. I can be happy with that. My answer is like, I don't know why some people get to be saved and others don't like, I don't know why it seems like injustices get to go on. When you want to only save people that weren't saved. So you have more people coming right, to heaven. Right. And the sense is like, if you, yeah, it's like, well, I don't, and it's like, well, why didn't that person get healed when I prayed for them? And I have, and some person might have like terrible arthritis and never get healed but someone has a minor back pain they get healed immediately and they get to go on and never experience great suffering and it's like well why does that happen this person has serious arthritis that seems a little bit more needy of healing than this person's back pain you know and the question is like well i don't know or the answer i have is like i don't i don't know that i don't know why but i do know yeah god is sovereign and but my answer i think the why i say it's more calvinistic in nature is i think to myself does anyone have a right to the healing or the saving that they're wanting in a sense where like in my mind i'm like okay my life's not my own i've given it to god and that's the case and if god says ethan your service to me requires you to be a martyr then i'm like okay like i'm i've given up all rights to my life i've signed over all my desires when i get when i accepted the lord's forgiveness i signed away everything and he, and he talks about how we have to pick up our cross and follow him. And, you know, a pick up a cross is a signal of death. It's like, hey, be okay with God's will for you that you die, you know. And so, for me, at least, and, and as, for, as for Christians, I'm like, well, we don't have rights. God can do whatever he wants with us. And we don't get to raise a finger at him and say, but wait, this, this is not fair. Because in my mind, it's not necessarily about what's fair. It's like, well, what does fairness mean? then we shouldn't have anyone hyper rich and, and extremely poor. We should have everyone to get the same amount of fair means everyone gets the same thing, you know? And then it's, so I think, well, do I really have the right to demand or tell God that I want a different life in this sense? Or am I just like, Hey God, whatever you want to do with me, do with me and I'll be okay with it. I'm available. And he's like, thank you. I'll use you over here. And maybe this person gets to be a celebrity Christian and everyone loves and they write books and have a lot of money. It's easy. And maybe I get sent to the jungle and I'm going to be poor and I'm going to preach the gospel to a few villages and then die. And it's like, well, what the heck? That kind of seemed like, but then the, I would say this seems almost, and this is biased, but it's like, this looks more noble, even though that is no, that is also just as noble. You know, you're both doing work for the kingdom. One got a luxurious life. One got what the world would call a bad life, but it's like, you're on the service of the king. So if he's command, giving you orders, you just do those orders. Now, when it comes to non-Christians, I also think like, well, do they deserve to be healed in a sense? Like, when they deserve it more, if you're well, no, it's like well, if you're not if you're not saved, I'm talking for non-Christians, right? If you're not a Christian, you don't deserve God's help, and so if He gives it to you, 
it's a mercy. But wouldn't God desire the people that reject him the most more? Yeah, the Bible says that God desires that none should perish. And it says that he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So God doesn't enjoy it. But it's also like, okay, he doesn't, I know he doesn't enjoy it, but it's like, we don't really get a right to tell God how he should do his job. And for whatever reason, people are getting healed. Some people aren't. Some people are being saved in miraculous ways. Some people aren't. I don't know the answer. I don't know. I don't think it's one person has more faith than the other. I think that's a really mean thing to tell people. Like some of the the churches that would say like, oh, you you didn't have faith enough. That's why you didn't get healed. Or or this person died because you didn't have faith enough. And it's like, that's really mean. You're telling this person it's their fault that that person didn't get saved. Or you're telling this person it's their fault that, that their grandma is in hell. It's like, oh, because you didn't have enough faith. That's really mean. I think that's wrong. I don't think that at all. I don't know why. But I would never blame the person like, oh, you didn't pray enough. I would say, hey, like we don't have the answers, but we know God is good and just. And so for whatever reason he decides to operate, we just have to kind of throw our hands up and say, hey, it's his world. He's he's in charge. And it's a mercy that we get the opportunities we do. Does that make sense? It's kind of just a fun question I had. It's not really an answer for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the Bible talks. I like the big extrapolations. Yeah. The Bible talks about how God is a, God is setting up his kingdom. Right. And us in our Western mindset always think about like fairness and justice or not justice, but like what we think is right. Fairness. But fine with the world not being fair. Yeah. But even it's like if God is a king and this is his kingdom, kings can do whatever they want. And the people living under them just have to kind of accept it. But the good thing is the human king, you can overthrow him. Yeah, but not this guy. Well, people try to overthrow this king. It doesn't work. But the good thing we have is that God is a good king. So it's not like God's this king where it's like, I'm going to do what I want. You can't stop me. He is that, but he's also like, hey, I'm going to do what I want and you can't stop me, but I have the best possible world that you could imagine for you in mind if you obey my commands. Hmm. You might not see it all the way through on this side of heaven, on this side, yeah, this side of life, but when you pass away and you enter the kingdom of God, everything will be taken care of. And so some of those people, right, who like, maybe they are Christians and they die at 19 years old and they didn't have a great life, but they're Christian. We would think, how sad they didn't get to experience life. But then it's like, well, they're in the presence of God, you know. I think they're the lucky ones. Yeah, it's kind of like they, they don't have to, to pay, pay taxes. taxes. <laughs> We're my, brothers. That's my first, uh, my first qualms with this world. <laughs> taxes. Every, every two weeks, it's like, ah, we, we <laughs> did it again. Said that at the same time. That's hilarious. That's the yes. worst part of life is taxes. It's taxes. Out of all the suffering in the world, the worst, the part. worst one is paying taxes. Man, you got to travel. There's not one suffering you could tell me that's worse than taxes. <laughs> so funny. But yeah. Think of one suffering. Taxes. That's it. That's only <laughs> Taxes are the root of all evil. Because they're right. taking my money. Well, the love of money <laughs> is the root of all evil. Taxes. I love... You can't love... No. You shouldn't love money that much. It's a tool. I love my hammer. <laughs> I love my hammer. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, so does that answer your question, though? Yeah, that's all my good questions. Okay. The other nice. ones are too ridiculous. I was starting to be like, eh, let's see this one. No, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool, thanks for coming on. Yeah. We're almost at an hour, so we could probably start. We're probably good, yeah. Yeah, but before you go, we have to ask, ask, ask you a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ask you a question. Same question we ask all of our guests that come on. All right. Yeah. Why? I'm just kidding. Good answer. Um, the, the question <laughs> is, situation, you're thrown in a gladiator arena, mm-hmm. you get any melee weapon in real life, 
not like a lightsaber. So any real life melee weapon that you can think of, you can choose it. What's the biggest predatory animal you can take down? It's a fight to the death. Any weapon I want? Any melee. Melee weapon, handheld. Can it be like a spear? Yeah. yeah. Predatory animal mm-hmm. in the world? Mm-hmm. I would take a machete and I would fight a shark in the glass. Oh. <laughs> Cheating. Just let it drown. No, I would go. Let it drown. I would drown go. I would oh, go yeah. spear and bear. No, oh, interesting. Bear you can't goes kill up. A bear. bear goes up. I throw spear. <laughs> you throw the spear. You wouldn't like plant it or something and like let one it fall of the on two. It? One of the, or, or let a planet and let him run into me and yeah. just run a mm-hmm. stupid bare face into my spear. I always say Man, you guys are so. Crazy. I always say like a large cat because I feel like a bear could live through me spearing it and kind of like rid of the spear and kill me and then it might die later. I'm not sure. Um, Cats I, are smart. I know I could. Yeah, but they also just like they don't have a lot of lateral movement. They just kind of like directly attack you. So I feel like I could just plant the spear and just kind of point it at whatever the direction the cat like tries to get me from, and it would might impale itself. Yeah. My strategy. I'm more scared a, of big cats than a bear. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who says bear, I just think you're overconfident. There's no way you can take down a bear. Yeah, you can. They nope. used to do it all the time. Who's they? Just people with bows and arrows. <laughs> people. People. With I always guns. say a machete. Sharp stick. No, I always say a dagger, like a nice sized dagger, and a hyena. You have so, if you're in a gladiator arena. That bear has is such a large target that's just running at you. It's going to be hard to miss. Hyenas Yeah, but you only got thin. one spear. Hyenas can... No, I'm going to let it attack me. You I'm didn't gonna... tell me I had one spear. You get one spear. That's fine. I'm going to let the hyena run at me. And then when it runs at me, I'm going to stab it. It's just a dog. I'm giving up my arms. Big dog. Exactly. No, I think you could I can take do... down a dog. There's dudes that hunt bears with bows right now. I think you could do Yeah, but you can't a use a bow. You'll be able to throw the spear. Yeah, in his face. You know how heavy spears are? You know how soft the face is? It's you and... <laughs> their, their skulls are so hard. Yeah, but when you have something sharp and you have a lot a force running towards a stationary object and it's pointing... It's going to plant it. It's going through his face. Maybe. Yeah. A lot of people go with spears. One person said an alligator and a spear. They just run around. That's a great option. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's easy. Yeah. That's not hard. I'll get it the easiest. Well, I'm glad you uh, you said that because we actually have a bear and a spear waiting outside. Right. <laughs> That'll be our next video on our TikTok. Follow us on Instagram oh and TikTok gosh. to see that video. Partnering with Nature is Metal. Yep. After that, I'll YouTube. be cooking the bear. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll watch him get eaten. Either one. I'm fine with either option. <laughs> Find out. All right. Well, thanks guys for watching and coming back. Um, in a couple of weeks, whenever we get the series wrapped up, we're going to be doing a whole series on hell, um, mm-hmm. talking about the three different views. There's the total restoration, uh, conditional uh, immortality, immortality, which means annihilation, and eternal conscious torment. So, And then we're going to be maybe doing a follow-up discussion about all three of them. Yeah. But yeah, interviewing people a lot smarter than us, doctorate degrees, authors, and stuff like currently. that. Currently. Currently. Currently, yeah. So, they're currently smarter than us. Yeah. We have many years to go. Yep. They're not all there, so we have we have <laughs> we have at least space to grow. At least forty years to go. To go. So uh, long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so come back, check those guys out. Um, we got a bunch of videos. Go watch all of them. Hang out with your friends and watch them. Send them to your parents. Yep. Uh, support us on Patreon. Follow us on all the socials except for Facebook. 
It's possible. Dude. If you want. We don't really use it, but you can. Yeah. Anyways, thanks, guys. Adios. Bye.